Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack, also in studio with me. Bill, welcome. It's good to see you. Bill, we're in crisis today. Mm, yeah. Got lots of crises happening. Well, that's, I mean, looking at you, I, I recognize no, I'm crisis. in crisis. I'm yeah. definitely in crisis. Yeah, I've got this illness that's uh, afflicted me. That's good. It's humbling. It gets us to look to God. And, yeah. We, rely we, upon Jesus. I mean, what's what we need. Separated from from me by almost a room's width. At least, yeah, at least. So we're not going to be sharing any of this with Bill this morning. Can I have a sip right. of, your, of, your, of your Coke over there? No, 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 no. Nope. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay, so world crises, uh, these are in the news, and I, I want to equip the man of God, the woman of God, to every good work when it comes to handling crises. Uh, here, here they are. Here are the four crises. World War Three. okay, Disease X, Artificial Intelligence, and economic breakdown. Those are the four crises that are in the news pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does a Christian do mm-hmm. when facing the future? Well, you know what I'm going to say, right? Uh, yeah. Take no thought for the future, right? Or for the morrow. Well, the news. No, I, thought, I thought we were supposed to sit and wring our hands. Well, you can do that too. But the news relies on panic and fear. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you have to click the story to get yourself updated on what's going on in the crises. So. Fear-mongering by politicians and news people is also intended to curry up more control of the masses. And, and we, we saw that with COVID-19. I mean, yeah. they, they were licking their chops on this. Now, the World Forum is concerned with disease X, which they say will be 20 times worse than COVID-19. And yeah, I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're just yeah. sitting there going, I can I hope hardly so. wait. Yeah, I hope so. Right? Because they, th- this is the great opportunity to, to get the reset and to pull together massive control over the masses. And so now, you know that this disease X, they've identified it. They say, and, that, and by the way, I just read this. They say, we've got to do more work on it. We got to get it into a laboratory, preferably the Chinese, right? They do really well with these kind of diseases. <laughs> they've, they've got all and, the setups. And let's just work on it. Now, you, you think, you think maybe they've hired, you know, Dr. Frankenstein or somebody to, to help out with the project? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, do you trust the Chinese? Mm, let me think. No. Okay. Um, do you trust anybody whose heart is deceitful above all things and desperately mm, wicked? No. Okay. I didn't think so. So we begin with this issue that the powers that be right now are pretty thrilled about COVID-19 and COVID-24, 25, and 26. Uh, now, most things, here's a couple of takeaways. And, and, and again, it's who you fear, right? We're going right. to get back to this. We're going to get back to this. It's who you fear. And, and so we know who they want us to fear. And fear may be the fear of the disease or the respect and the reverence of technologists and politicians who step in and say, here, let me fix this for you. So it's the fear of the disease and the fear of big government, which is ultimate respect, reverence, and trust in big government to bring about a salvation for the people. All right. I would would say it rests on the fear of death. And here's why. Yeah. If this life is all we have, and that's what people are taught, that there is no supernatural, there is no God, there is no eternity, there's no afterlife, there's no judgment. So if all there is is this life, then we will do anything we can 
to extend, preserve, and sustain this life because that's all there is. Mm-hmm. And so the fear of death is the underpinning of all of this. Yeah. It's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's why scripture repeatedly says that that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what you fear is what you worship. Mm-hmm. And so we are a culture in love with death. We, we rip it from our mother's wombs. We pump it into our veins. We pour it into our eyes. We are a culture that has been trained to love, to worship death mm-hmm. because we fear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Egyptians made a god out of the crocodile. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it crawled out of the Nile and ate their cattle and ate their children. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in that order. Mm-hmm. So they turned it into a god because what you fear is what you worship. And so thus, a bunch of fear mongering mm-hmm. is what the world is all about. Yep. And they're just capitalizing on the fear of death. And yeah. Now, Jesus saves us from the fear of death. That's Hebrews chapter 2, so keep that in mind as well. But it seems to me that this fear-mongering is intended to uh, turn worship over to the state and technology rather than to fear the true and living God. It also seems to me that the World Forum is licking their chops over disease X. It's another opportunity to subjugate the world to more tyranny. And uh, yet, let's, let's remember this. God is in control of the major crises absolutely in control of every major crisis. God shakes the world so that that which cannot be shaken may remain, Hebrews 12. God brought the flood on the world. God brought Rome down. God brought World War II. And God will bring World War III when he's good and ready for it. Mm -hmm. So that means what? Fear God. Fear God. God's in charge. He's not surprised by anything that's going on. He's not sitting up there and and it's in his, on his throne and wringing his hands going, oh, I didn't see this one coming. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. When a tragedy happens and hundreds of people died in the tower that fell at Siloam, Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What does that mean? Well, that means the focal point is the fear of God. It's our relationship with God. It's God's perspective towards us concerning our lifestyle, what's happening with the nation. So the perspective is not so much focused upon how to... Uh, avoid all of the judgments that come upon a nation, the focus is more, how is our relationship with God and what should we do about it? Yeah. And by the way, the founders of this nation believed that. They, they called for days of fasting, repentance, and prayer three, four times. The Continental Congress uh, did that between 1780, 1781 and 1783. Uh, but the focal point is our relationship with God. That's what matters more than anything else. And one more thing before we take the break. Remember that 90% of the things we worry about never happen. 90% of the things we forget to worry about do happen, which means we're doing about the right amount of worrying. <laughs> okay. That's it's a joke. It's only a joke. Okay. What, what does Jesus say? Take no thought for the morrow. Mm-hmm. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God, who is your father. And he's got every hair on your head counted. And the peace right of down, God that surpasses and the, and there's all about four comprehension on your head. Yeah, well. Why, why is it that you you relish bringing that up? It just, it just, you're just asking just for makes it you, there, It just Bill. makes you feel superior, doesn't it? Okay, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> uh, generations, this is Kevin Swanson. God only Jack. made a few perfect heads. The rest he covered with hair. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, 
Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill. Well, Bill, we got these potentialities of World War III, Disease X, artificial intelligence, economic breakdown. And I would say some of these potentialities are reasonable. And here's the number one reason. We're not being very nice people down here. (laughs) We've killed off half the world's population through abortion, Uh the abortifacients. What would you do if you were God? Well, thankfully, you're not. Yes, because if I were God, we'd all be sorry. Yeah. Yes, we would. But, you know, I'm impressed with God's long-suffering. Mm. He's very, very patient. Yes. But there's a point at which he drops the bomb, sometimes literally. So I just wonder. You know, he held off for some time with Sodom and Gomorrah. He held off for three, 400 years, the decadence of Rome. Rome got pretty decadent, really, around the time of Jesus. Around 40, 50 AD, it was, it was going south pretty fast. Nero shows up 65 AD. And yet God gave that place an additional, I'm going to say, 250 years. Yeah. So he holds off for quite some time. But now here we are, these post-Christian nations, shaking the fist in the face of Almighty God. I just don't think that's going to last for very long. No. And we've got tensions developing. Well, now, what are the potentialities? World War III, I think you got a 90% chance in the next 10 years. Disease X, I don't know, 40-50% chance. That's my guess. Artificial intelligence, I'm going to argue this case, 0% chance it's going to be a big crisis. Economic breakdown, 99% chance in the next five years. I just don't think that everything bubble is going to go away quietly. See, I would, I'm going to revisit the AI threat, and I'd say maybe higher than, than okay. you think, yeah. in, in the sense that it's going to be much like what we've experienced with our cell phones, you know, the computer that we carry around in our pocket that also makes phone so calls. So it yield a destructive effect upon us and yes. our habits and our social environment. Exactly. Yeah, I, That's possible. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Okay, so as far as World War III is concerned, world tensions are on the rise. The East-West divide is intensifying. No question about that. The doomsday clock is now at 90 seconds. We, we've updated that a number of times through, through the years of this program. Was, you know, like five minutes and then it was 22 minutes and it was an hour, you know, but now it's down to 90 seconds in terms of international tensions and the possibility of nuclear war. The second nuclear race is underway. We are in the second nuclear race. South Korea is all on board. 
I'm sorry, North Korea. North Korea is on board. Uh, Iran has got enough uranium now to make two bombs. They're basically where we were in August of 46. Mm. Or was it 45? Sorry. I think it's August of 45. All right. So, friends, the biggest issue for Christians in World War III, as I see, is to avoid the cities and avoid the draft, if possible, especially the female draft. Mm. The second, the big issue for Christians when it comes to disease, whether it be disease X or anything else, is to trust God and not to be motivated by fear. And we just we just addressed that. Yeah, once you fear the true creator, he he removes fear of everything else. Yes, so if you want to be right, fearless, right. then fear God. Because once you fear him, he removes fear. And and that's the that's why fear of the Lord is the beginning and, of wisdom. And we're going to have to be careful the gendarmes don't shut down the churches. Hmm. And that's going to be tough. Round one, it was really difficult with some countries. I'm thinking New Zealand, Australia. Um, wow, it was tough. Canada was tough. For some reason, the English colonies were the very worst, it seems like. Well, the biggest issue for Christians when it comes to artificial intelligence will probably be this, the persecution that comes through government surveillance. And we're already dealing with that. The biggest issue when it comes uh, to economic breakdown is to raise our children with faith and character and a degree of adaptability to change. So I'm just, I'm, I'm coming down to, okay, yeah, it's probably coming. If that be the case, let's trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. Let's, let's develop strong work ethic, character in our kids, and let's be sure that we work in them a degree of adaptability to change. And, and also... A little bit of division of skills, gifts, talents, abilities, et cetera. In other words, don't, don't, don't raise your kid to be, you know, all he can do is put toothpaste caps on toothpaste containers, and that's the only job he can do. In general, you know, I, I know there's special needs kids out there, but I'm just saying be sure your kids are able to do some basic things. Raise chickens, do a garden, um, just work hard in whatever task is provided. By the way, we just did a, a massive uh, economic um, webinar uh, for 550 families on this very issue. Mm. Families are, are asking the question, how do we do this? And I would recommend that, uh, that, that, that webinar. That was very helpful. We had, uh, I think, four or five very successful Christian businessmen. Uh, just here's how you build character into your sons and daughters at 13, 14, 15 years of age, a recipe for disaster is what? Give your kids four hours of school and take that 12-year-old son and say, because you finished your four hours of school, now you can play video games for the rest of the day yeah. and do that for the next 27 years of his life. That will be a disaster. So, so you've got to get a family economy going. You've got to find ways. You've got to broaden your perspectives. This, this idea of raising a child is not just stuffing facts into his head. You've got to have other projects going on, service projects, volunteer projects in the church, uh, some quid pro quo stuff. Uh, let Make sure your family economy is pumping it out right now. We're in an age of uncertainty and transition. I mean, that's where we are. I think we're in great cultural, social, economic transition. You can think of them as depressions, economic catastrophes, market crashes, or you can just call them economic transitions. Now, there's some degree of uncertainty, of course, but Christians aren't looking for jobs. They're looking for work. One of the phrases 
somebody said one time, and I remember this, uh, when the pilgrims came to America, there weren't any jobs, but there was a lot of work lot to do. Of, there's plenty of work. And so there's always work to do. So, okay, there's no jobs. There's lots of work to do. Just keep that in mind. Economic recessions and depressions are a temporary change in the supply-demand structures of the nation. And Christians just get out there and work. Okay? They're adaptable. They're flexible. They work. That's what they do. That's what we're raised to do. And that's what we do. We should, we're never going to be discouraged, depressed during depressions. Right? The people that are unmotivated, you know, they run out there, they applied for 27 jobs and they didn't get anything. Uh, I, I, I was unleashed on the work market in 1981, okay? And you remember 1981? That wasn't a good Inflation year. was 13%, 14%. It was probably the worst recession since the Great Depression. Bill, I had six jobs and I was going to school at the same time. Okay, I was collecting jobs like some people collected stamps. <laughs> uh, the point is, there's always work to be done. You can find it, go do it. Um, Christians never going to be discouraged, depressed during depressions. Christians will be full of hope and motivation and joy in the midst of the trials. Now, I want to talk about artificial intelligence. Okay, should we fear artificial intelligence? Well, the obvious answer is no. No. Um, you probably watch too many sci-fi movies if you're sitting there quaking in your boots. Now. Number one, man is not God. That's first proposition. Now, I know there are scientists out there going, um, I can't take that. <laughs> I, can't, that's, uh, I can't swallow that. Uh, but that's number one. Man is not God. Man is not smart enough to create something as smart as himself. Despite the Supreme Court recently ruling four to three that they are God. Well, yeah, they've done that yeah, before. Yeah, but, before, but yeah. news, flash. They're not. You're not. Uh, machines will only replicate man's mistakes. And man cannot possibly create man. You heard the story of, you know, man said, I can finally create man. So they go up to God, they have the contest. And, you know, we're going to create man. So ready, set, go. The scientists reach down and grab some dirt. And God says, whoa, whoa, go get your own dirt. Get your own dirt. (laughs) That's my dirt. You can't use my dirt. Okay. All right. Uh, The assumption is that technological man is turning himself into a God. But see, God has commanded that man take dominion over the world. We cannot allow for any part of the creation to take dominion over man. Now, I know that's happening with animals. Animals, the environment, etc., is, is right now environmentalism is doing everything it can to subjugate man to his environment instead of having man to rule over his environment. So same thing is happening in terms of AI. Uh, it could very well happen where man will sub- subjugate himself to his own electronic mediums. It's possible. He's doing that somewhat today. But that's not what God has called us as Christians to do. We are not to do that. We are, we are to take dominion over the world. The world is not to take dominion over us. So now, here's one more thing. Artificial intelligence is about collecting information and processing information. But knowledge is, is based in worldview. And a worldview must begin with the fear of God. And computers do not fear God. If the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of God, computers don't fear God, what's the, what's the conclusion? They don't have knowledge and they do not have wisdom. So that's just, it's some of those simple logical presentation I could possibly bring to bear right now. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. AI is not wise. It's incapable of coming to right conclusions about most things. AI cannot make good decisions. To let AI make the final call on decisions is to leave the world to destruction. And by the way, I say the same thing for humans. If there's a human out there who's running the world or running some government and he does not fear God, what do you think is going to happen, Bill? Not, not anything good. Not anything good. That's, that whole thing is going to destroy itself. 
So, and now here's one more thing. I don't think we have anything to fear about robots replacing man. The most advanced robots right now vacuum floors and mow grass in the year 2024. That's what they do. That's the most advanced. They have a single function. People actually generally prefer not to use them. Too much of a hassle. Still, this is the year 2024. Labor-saving devices are expensive. They break down, causing more headache for those who own them. Robots break down. Cars break down within a year of purchasing. They need constant preventive maintenance. And the human body, the human body, think about this, breaks down after 75 to 80 years. It's self-maintaining, and it breaks down over 75 to 80 years. Now, of course, there are a few people that, you know, they get sick and they die at 70 years of age. I get that. But, but now I'm a mechanical engineer by training. I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm not the computer engineer who sits around reading sci-fi novels. Okay, I'm, I'm a real engineer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm hoping I'm not <laughs> offending any of my electronic uh, engineers. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a real engineer operating in the real world. Send those letters to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But ro- robots, they, 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 they can't function like humans can. I worked on robotics and high-volume manufacturing. In the last 20 years, there's been very little development in robotics. The human body is extremely versatile. Think about this, Bill. Look at, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Huh? You got a robot that could do this? I mean, uh, wow, robots can perform a single function or several functions, but they can't perform 50,000 functions. They cannot reproduce and they cannot uh, fix themselves along the way. You need all these maintenance techs that are constantly on the high volume manufacturing lines trying to get machines to work again because they broke down. Full-time technicians, Bill, on those manufacturing lines working on those robots because they're constantly breaking down on you. So the idea that somehow robots are going to be anywhere near the functionality of the human body is so ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. Um, Robots have not replaced pilots in aircraft. Robots can replace operators on high-volume manufacturing lines that produce a single highly repetitive function, as in twisting toothpaste uh, caps onto toothpaste containers. Remember, that wasn't that what uh, Charlie and the... Chocolate factory. His dad was. That's what he did for a living. But, <laughs> but, but you know, that's that's what uh, robots were trained to do. They were t- trained to do a single function that was highly repetitive, and they could be maintained by those all around them. So most of the work humans do are not single highly repetitive functions. Think about think about what you do as you you know walk around the kitchen. You're baking food. You're doing this or that. You're grabbing things. Your your body is so much more functional. Robots cannot replace church functions. Robots cannot replace mothering and fathering. Robots cannot raise children. Robots cannot incorporate multiple aspects of human personality. They can't reproduce themselves. They cannot make complex value judgments and therefore cannot be involved in management or rulership. And that's the point I made at the beginning. So, so you know, thinking a little bit rationally about uh, AI would be helpful, I think, for for engineers, scientists, people who have actually been in the field doing stuff. Yeah. Was it, I think it was Walt Whitman who said the smallest hinge in my little finger puts to rest all of the works of mankind. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Meaning just yeah. little, just, t- little tiny things yeah. that God has created in the human body. is yeah. just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, friends, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. I hope this has been helpful for you. Remember, 90% of the things we worry about don't happen. 90% of the things we forget about worrying about, they actually do happen. <laughs> so what do we do? Worry more. Or trust fear, God. Fear God. Trust God. Lean not on your own understanding. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Bring your requests to the Lord 
That's it. That's what Christians do. And they fear God. They don't fear any of this stuff. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.